Hello, we're back after the new year. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here uh-huh. to save you money, to increase your sales, yep. and to have fun. Uh-huh. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you for the Selling on eBay radio show. It's all about having fun and making money on eBay. And uh, coming up in today's show, we have... What is going on with USPS rates? Oh my goodness. Up and down all over the place. Also, we'll bring you the latest update on the eBay cyber-stalking case. And apparently there's a movie coming out too. Ooh, can't wait to see Mm -hmm. it. Why you need to change your eBay account information. Yeah, that's important for the new year. And uh, did eBay call you up and give you a hard time about how much you're charging for shipping? Plus, new for 24 are top tips. Ah, yes, that's a new feature. We will try and come up with some insightful tips till we run out, and then we'll just quietly bury the feature. Uh, That's all (laughs) coming up on this week's edition of the program. You, too, can take part if you want to send us uh, a voicemail. 833-EBAY-723 is the number. That's eBay-723 for your voicemail. And in the news this week, Sherry, we have... eBay announces that it's partnering with Tax Act for another tax season Uh they have a site that you can go to to learn more but also they're offering professional assistance from tax act Mm. and that's online for free so i guess they're um the ones to go to and they're just they're offering you a lot of information along with the 1099k information although we've gotten a reprieve on that for a year, unless you are making over twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, in which case you're still going to receive one this year. Very good. And I say this every year. I'm actually going to try and get my taxes done in January this year. Usually it drifts on to the night before the day it's due, and then I scurry around trying to finalize the spreadsheets. But this year, going to be good about it. Uh, also, yes. something I noticed, it hasn't been announced by eBay, but uh, maybe you've noticed this too. The watch list, which I use a lot, uh, has uh, sneakily been upgraded in the background. I believe that it now goes up to at least 500 or maybe 499 items. I know because I was constantly trying to manage it below 300 uh, before they did the latest upgrade. Now I think it's gone to 500, which is a decent number. That's quite useful. That ought to keep you satisfied. I use it a lot. Maybe it's more on the buying side. But, for example, certain categories, let's say clothing, you never want to buy the item at the price that the person launches the listing at. Because it seems to be de rigueur to put out a high price and then wait till someone watches it and then send an offer. Right. So that's the way everything, everything that I'm vaguely interested in goes on the watch list. And in certain categories, you can be guaranteed you're going to get an SIO back to you, usually within a few hours. So it's useful right. for that purpose. And also, if you use a whole bunch of third-party tools, and we'll get into some of that maybe in later editions of Top Tips... The best way, or frankly, from my point of view, the easiest way of feeding in stuff into those programs is to add it to the watch list. And most of these third-party apps will scrape off watch list into their particular routines and do whatever they do. More on that another time. So Mm. the watch list is kind of like a really big part of the whole buying process if you're a professional buyer. So 500 sounds like a lot, but actually you burn through that quite a bit. The only thing that does annoy me, though, with the watch list is... If people use, you know, the out of stock rather than cancel the listing thing, it remains in the live watch list and doesn't go into the completed watch list. Mm. So your watch list ends up just cluttering up 
with all these ended listings that the seller sets quantity equal to zero, but don't cancel my listing. And you have to go through manually and take all those out. Otherwise, it burns up your, your watch list quota. Do you remove items that are no longer relevant to you from your watch list um, otherwise? Or only if I'm you a little lazy, it must be said. I mean, yes, if I start... Well, when I used to have only 300, only 300. Yes, yeah. I had to go through and go, well, that's not really worth a spot. I'll take that out. Now with 500, I can be very lazy. I can just leave things in there. The other thing I noticed, and again, this hasn't been announced, I'm not really sure how it works, is it looks like you can take your watch list and divide it into sub-lists. Maybe you want a, you know, a Christmas present for Aunt Shari. You could have a separate sub-list, I think, and I haven't used this feature. And it's just something that appeared on the site that I hadn't noticed before. Maybe you can set up a sub-list for that. I mean, I would never use that. It just strikes me as overly complicated. But then I'm feeding it into other things that may have their own way of, of... aggregating things into groups uh but that oh, was interesting you've really spiked my curiosity because i've always felt there should be a watch list for items that you want to sell uh-huh. and that's why you're watching them yeah as opposed to things you want to buy because also ebay sends offers and i daily get an email about sure microphones <laughs> only because i had two to sell oh, okay so anyway, I want, I'm going to have to look into that and see if the watch list you can separate. I'm sure you can't right. separate it out as things you're actually wanting to sell. And that's why you're watching mm-hmm. and things that you are interested in buying. Yeah. All right. Another top tip, which we'll get onto another time, is a way of monitoring another seller and see everything they list. <laughs> yes, I've done that. And it was very useful. If you're if you're if someone you think, well, they're in the same business as me, let's see what they're up to. I want an email That's every right. time they list something or they sell something. Uh, that Sabotage. can be achieved. We'll we'll talk about that again another time. Or you can uh, you can call in or write in and we'll tell you straight away. Uh no teasing involved. Uh eight three three eBay seven twenty-three for that. So that's uh um watch list upgrades and let's go to the court correspondent for the next one eBay has been found criminally liable for uh-huh. 2019 cyber stalking, and they will pay $30 million penalty for that. Which is the maximum. Yes. <laughs> See, to be eBay, that's like a rounding error somewhere in the executive bonus pool for the month, probably. But there you go. Right. Uh, why? Uh, so who's making the movie and how's that? It, that must be unauthorized. <laughs> Uh, no, I think it actually is authorized, uh, reading the blurb on the, the movie. Um, authorized and, by eBay? No, well, no, not by eBay. Well, a couple uh, of points. In the complaint that the Steiners filed against eBay, and it's going through the civil courts now, as I recall, one of the things they said they were claiming was the intellectual property to their own story. Um, I don't suppose that was with the view of Ina becoming a you know a movie scriptwriter. My guess is it was more to cover them from the point of view that eBay might have had enough money sloshing around that they could have paid an independent production company to make the movie with a script that was perhaps a little bit more favourable to eBay, get that out on Netflix and Amazon, and then any other movie that came out with a different storyline would never get any ratings. People, well, I've seen that already. So, Wait, my so guess to is clarify, that, is Ina the screenwriter or no? No. I, per oh. the blurb on the movie release to the film festival, 
they cooperated with the the writers and directors and stuff and were involved in providing background information for the movie. Uh, oh, well, I'm going to be very disappointed if it's not implicating certain people that well, we know Well, my guess involved. is that uh, we live in a litigious world, so my guess is it's not going to go any farther than the documents that are a matter of public record in the court. They're probably mm. not going to start naming people for things that haven't been proven legally. Um, but it'll be it'll be an interesting watch, certainly. My guess is it'll go to, like, the Netflix and the Amazons. I don't think it's going to be a big theatre-type yeah. release. Um, it's due for premiering at a film festival. I think it was March in Texas. So I guess That's it'll soon. be hitting the screens fairly soon. Yeah, obviously it's in what? done by now, pretty much written up. Um, and uh, yes, the, the Steiners were apparently involved in, in providing briefing material for the um, production company. And there we are. That's That's all we know at this point. It's all going to just point to the person they threw under the bus. <laughs> it's interesting looking at the uh, the criminal liability. Obviously, that's something that's been horse traded a long while ago. This has been, you know, known to be the the way the events are going to unfold. eBay in the financial briefings briefed all the analysts. I think two quarters ago that they were putting aside some millions of dollars for impending legal settlements and stuff, and that was part of that. And if you look at the wording of the release from the government, it's the same words verbatim they've used for all these things. So I'm thinking this is just part of the deal that eBay has done with the government. The words have all been agreed by the lawyers on both sides. No one changes the story in any way whatsoever. They just recite the same thing everyone signed off on. And it seems to me, and I, I don't know, I wasn't in the room, but it seems like eBay's Lawyers have done a deal. You know, we'll throw the junior people under the bus, <clears throat> give you all the evidence you need to send them to court. They'll run around in an orange jumpsuit for a few years. And um, you might argue that you know anything that might have incriminated anyone higher up is now locked up in a safe somewhere in an attorney's office in, in eBay land and uh, won't see the light of day. I don't know whether there's you know, any truth to that or not. But uh, anyway... So that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, we'll look out for the movie. The only question, of course, on the table is whose turn is it to buy pizza? Or is that too soon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or will it be in a warm climate or minus four degrees? Yes. Which it is right here, right now. All right, let's go back to your favorite subject, shipping. All right. So eBay is cold calling sellers with a nudge to reduce shipping costs for buyers. No, I have not received such calls and Philip, I know you do free shipping, so I'm sure they're not calling you. Well, I think this is good. I haven't received any of the calls, but it sounds like they've actually decided to do something, one of my pet pet hobby horse items, which is people charging too much for shipping. Yeah. Most, mostly through stupidity. I don't think it's a, it's a will to just gouge people. I just think people don't understand that, you know, when you when you force, say, priority mail on the buyer, that looks great if they're in the neighbouring zip code, and that's the price that comes up on the screen when you do it. But you start getting 5, 8, 10, 15 pounds of weight and you're going coast to coast. Oh, you, you suddenly get gosh. into, you know, 30, 40 plus dollars at the headline rate from the post office. The actual label is probably closer to half that. Okay, so, and I also want to throw in that when you're on the app hmm. and you're listing something, I don't know where or I don't think it's AI powered because it's really dumb, but it'll suggest 
priority, you know, USPS priority is the suggested. And I'm thinking like this thing weighs seven pounds. Like how, what, where, how does this thing operate? So for new sellers, it would help if we had maybe an AI powered or something that's really smarter. And as I think we've discussed before, I think the the problem is that it's either one thing or the other. It's either the headline rates from UPS or FedEx, or it's the actual cost of the label gets displayed. And it's quite hard to get a number somewhere in the middle. And Uh people don't want to get people very emotional about this. They don't want to do any kind of subsidy. So they end up going with the higher number. And I know, at least from my point of view as a buyer, I find that a huge turnoff. And you will not believe how annoyed some sellers get when you send them a polite note saying, hey, you know, forcing the use of priority mail here is costing me at least twice a more effective method. And by the way, it's going to be put on an aeroplane to go within the country from California to me in Florida. That's not the best solution for the planet either. Could we come up with a more pragmatic way of doing this? And they get really, really upset. That's and, and, so and Lot would just cancel the order at forthwith at that point and move on. <laughs> just you know. Oh my gosh! You know, I had one the other day. I mean, day. that's so bizarre. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, and it's just, it's just a, a point of friction. Do I get into this with the seller? Do I, do I just pay it and give them a bad DSR? I mean, what, what, well, there's no right answer to this apart from people being, you know, able to put in a rate that's fair but not over the top, and. Uh, also, to to give put select several options so that yeah, priority right. looks great to the guy next door, but he's really expensive. They're putting some cheaper stuff in there so I can pick the best one is is a simple solution. Oh yeah, it's so bizarre that they're not. I always put ground advantage mm-hmm. first unless it yeah. exceeds a certain size, priority second, and UPS ground is first if it exceeds a certain mm-hmm. size, mm-hmm. but. Usually the three are offered, and I, the reason I offer priority as a secondary option if it's heavier is if it's they're in Alaska or Hawaii, mm-hmm. they'll see an option. But I do get questions from potential buyers all the time, mm-hmm. but they're not usually as specific as you are. They just say, "Why is the shipping so high?" <laughs> well, one of the problem- so I have to be patient and say, "Yeah, okay, well, let me check and make sure it's right." What zip code are you in? Um, because I can tell them what it should be. Yes. And then also I'll go in and look at my listing and see if by accident we put priority when it weighs more than two pounds. Yeah. But, um, their communication should be good. I, if a seller is getting freaked out. Well, I'm doing um, this after, after, after the things close. That that sources, that causes a lot of friction. But there's no point in doing it before because, you know, I bid low and I bid often. So I'm not going to have this dialogue with, you know, 10 times the number of things I'm going to purchase. It's a discussion. And I'll, I'll pay the, the asking price if that's their absolute bottom line. I'm, and I'm not asking anybody to make any less money. I'm just mm-hmm. saying pick the more efficient option, credit me back the difference so whatever profit you had built into the original solution, you're welcome to keep. I'm not arguing about that. I'm just saying let's not throw money at the post office unnecessarily. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's a win-win-win. And, and, and you would not believe how much hassle I get back from people. Um, you know, there we are. Let's not dwell on my, <laughs> my issues. But I think it's interesting that they're doing this. Now, obviously, eBay is not going to call every seller in the country and have this discussion. So it seems to me that this is them just trying to get their heads around kind of how what is this problem? What shape and form does it have? 
if we approach sellers with this line, do they like it? Do they agree? Do we try this? So maybe it's an indication of a direction of travel. Maybe it's a, maybe the new listing flow will offer guidance, and this is them testing out different sort of logic on there. Or maybe maybe certain categories might be put to bundle shipping only. I mean, I can think of certain things that that would be perfectly reasonable because it's mm-hmm. you know other channels. I mean, Poshmark I think is I don't buy a lot of stuff there, but I think they have a pretty simple simple system for shipping, and it pretty much puts everybody on an equal playing field. And you can just factor that in when you shop there, you know what it is. Um, and maybe that's a competitive pressure they're feeling and they're thinking about, well, can we clean this up a bit? And it's about time they did, in my opinion. Well, I have some advice of, yeah. of what they can do. And for one thing, they should have a little uh, pop-up on the app that says guidance for the best, you know, how to help your item sell mm-hmm. by choosing the right shipping and you can click on it. There you go. You know, ground advantage if it weighs this and is this size, priority if this, UPS ground if yeah. that. Yeah, that AI do something useful for a change. I mean, yes, they must have exactly. sold thousands of whatever it is. They know they've printed the labels for millions of these things. They know broadly what the likely dimensions and weights and distances and times and things are. They could easily come up with a recommendation. Right, but somehow... They come up with the wrong one mm. invariably when they say best choice. <laughs> and I'm thinking best choice, priority, it'd be a lot cheaper, right. ground advantage. Very good. Okay, and one final piece of news. <laughs> if you're in Orlando, do uh, join us. If you get this in time, by the way, uh, we're having a little meetup, uh, informal adult beverage or two, uh, at uh, on Tuesday. So that's the 16th at uh, 5.30 or so uh, at the Firebirds Grill in Winter Park. Full details coming up later on, but hopefully see you there uh, in the next few days. Uh, okay, moving on to something else here. And here's something that <coughs> I'm not sure how big an issue it's going to be. I think this might be a big Amazon issue, but it's going to hit eBay at some point. This is something called uh, the European General Product Safety Regulation that is another one of these layers of rules that is starting to kick in um, for people selling into Europe. And it kind of adds on to everything else. (coughs) Excuse me. And is about, for example, lots of labeling, and you have to include the manufacturer's data, the importer's data. You have to have a responsible person. (laughs) I don't know how you define responsible. I can think of a few people that wouldn't qualify. And by the way, they have to be based in the European Union. How you would check that, I don't know. Um, and that responsible person is is your nominee for dealing with issues, and it just it just it sounds awfully complicated. You have and to have a person within your organization located in the EU. You can hire someone to do that role for you, but they are effectively you know on a dotted line part of your organization, effectively. So you, if you, if and you that's import with Amazon is a, is in effect right now. Well, if you're an Amazon seller, you probably got this message. Uh, I don't know. It's been, but eBay, to be honest, has not been ahead of the curve in terms of some of these European advancements, as mm. we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, so, to my mind, it's just another reason to <coughs> consider the eBay international shipping is not such a bad idea after all, because it's something uh-huh. they would have to comply with. Uh, oh, it good. Maybe so explains it. why there's some difference of opinion between different eBay organizations as to the desirability of having lots of products ship out from the US to places like the UK. But maybe it's a different issue. I don't know. Um, but eBay international shipping is already taking care of it as your point person in the EU. Don't know. Don't know how they're dealing with this, but they'll have to okay. put it that way if they want to 
keep on doing this stuff. And maybe it doesn't apply to everything. Maybe it's new product. It's not clear from the article I'm looking at, but it just looks like another layer of bureaucracy being added, another level of complexity, another expense for the long-suffering seller. Um, I've not had anything turned back. I have been sending stuff myself to places like Germany and France, but nothing's been dinged yet, and I haven't been complying with any of the requirements for packaging or right. uh, recycling or whatever. But, um, you know... It's just a question of time, I suppose. So anyway, that's the uh, the European gaps, the general product safety regulation. There we are. Okay. And uh, postal prices in the U.S. here, all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. So eBay kind of snuck in a USPS shipping increase effective January 8th, mm-hmm. where, uh, for example, a priority padded flat rate envelope was $8.54 instead of $8.30, and that just started happening. Um, However, we've been notified by eBay that USPS is about to get cheaper as of January 21st. So as soon as we notice it, it's ready to apparently go down. So hopefully that will help. Um, As far as, so our rate, went to 854 for a padded mm. flat rate envelope but the buyer's rate went to $10.40. I did so, I think the 21st is the date also when they changed the international prices this year. And if memory serves, I think there's an average of 7% increase across things like priority mail international priority mail express international which uh, may not be something that you use if you use eBay international shipping, but I wouldn't mind betting that the contract with the suppliers for that kind of service has their rates benchmarked to USPS rates or other things around the world. So it it, it kind of ratchets up across the board, I suspect. Um, mm-hmm. So international is getting more expensive. We had, a, I think, 90, 2007 was a massive increase in international. It really killed off a lot of the smaller items going to Europe, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, so and then um, a couple of days ago, I was shipping using Pirate Ship, mm-hmm. which, again, is a free to use. And handy and if the eBay system isn't working, which it seems to be having a, a few bad days recently. So that's a good plan yeah, B. Exactly, because it, you can import your awaiting shipment items to Pirate Ship. Yeah. And anyway, I was shipping something that I didn't sell on eBay, and I was sending it priority mail. And it was two pounds and it was six dollars in change, which I don't think I've ever paid no. for priority mail before. It was, you know, seven cubic inches. However, <clears throat> when I noticed that, I did see that it was going uh, very close. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely in the same state, possibly in my same, um, just one county over. Anyway, uh, so. When I told you, Philip, I know you said maybe that's the the cubic pricing. Because yeah. they, they um, have access to the cubic rates. With pirate ship. Pirate ship. Whereas eBay doesn't offer cubic via the standard print label workflow. Although I did see a cubic label come through for a return. Oh, so they get it in that direction. Well, I think that's because the vendor that's running the return label system does turn that on. Uh, you, could, you couldn't use it on the outbound, but if someone returned it, then you got the cubic price potentially coming back. 
Okay. Well, there that you benefits you if you're doing yeah. free returns like we are. All right. Well, that's about it okay, about okay. that. All right. Um, just going back to our uh, subject here of, of Europe and what's going on there. This was mentioned on the eBay podcast a few, well, I guess, a few months ago now. And, and Cherry and I, you, we, you know, we discussed this. And this is this business about any day now, because it's 2024, eBay is going to start, has to start publishing our contact information on listings that get displayed to viewers in the European Union. So that's people watching on ebay.de.fr.ch.co.uk, etc. And as far as I can tell from that original conversation, it will just be put in plain text, you know, Sherry Smith, Colorado, you know, phone number here, at the bottom of your listings. So not a sort of, well, how many people are on motorbikes and click here and how many castles or sports stadiums. Or, it just is just on the page. And I don't think that's a particularly good thing for us as sellers. Not so much because the address, because let's face it, they're going to get an address label with our address on it, probably. Um, but the the phone number, you know, I don't want to get calls from people. And I certainly get worried about my email address going out because... A, any spammer who wants to send spam now just goes to ebay.fr, scrapes every single listing they can find, and suddenly got they've got 20,000 email addresses for their spam machine to go and send email to. That's not good. And then the other thing that happens is, by the way, now I've got all these email addresses that I can sell out to the phishing people because they're uh, going to send out messages to, to Sherry and say, hey, Sherry, you've got a Vero report against your item. Click here to log in and see what's happened. And people go, Vero, Vero, click, and they're just going to click yeah. straight through, type in their, uh, you know, log on details and not realize that that's being sent off to, you know, someone who's going to cause the problems later on. So uh, not the best situation. Don't think eBay's done a lot to actually try and head this thing off at the pass. But what you can do is go onto the eBay site and you can give different contact information for the public version of your account versus the private one that you have between you and eBay. So you go to your account? So the top right of the okay. screen, it says My eBay. Okay. Summary is the first item on that list. Yeah. And then, do you click that? And then there's three headings, activity, messages, and account. Go to account. Uh-huh. Okay, I see it. Account, you click on account. Account. Okay. On the left-hand side, it says personal info, and you'll see two subheadings, business info and public business info. Right. Oh, is that a new uh, yes. tab? Public yes, business this, is, info? this is new. I mean, Philip, this is helpful. Well, we do try and be helpful. I mean, you might try and tune in once in a while. You might learn something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, business info, that's the stuff that you already had set up. That's, um, you know, that's how eBay calls you when they want to tell you your shipping is too expensive or whatever. And then uh -huh. public business info, by default, copies the business info. Ah. But that's why they have the smart move here is to go into public business info. You need to put your password in every time you click on that. And then it'll give you the option of adding a different email address and a different phone number if that's what you want to do. So that when you start to get bombarded with calls and emails because they're publishing all this information to our jolly friends in France or the, you know, Heinrich in Germany. 
uh, you can somehow detect that's what's going on, <laughs> make your own decision whether you want to reply or not. Um, and it doesn't get muddled up with your regular eBay email. So my suggestion is that you um, think carefully about what information you're going to put in there and ideally make it different from your regular business info. Um, the only thing you will have to do is that eBay will verify that information. So it'll probably try and send a text to the phone number that you give uh -huh. or make a call. And then you, then you, you know, tell them the number that was transferred to you via that test call, or they'll send you an email to that address, and then you click on that. So you might need to set up a different phone or email address. I went to one of those text mail type services and got myself a, a, a phone number purely for this purpose, um, well, which are either free or you can pay $5 and just have it last for a year, which seems like it's less hassle than renewing it every month. Um and, and then if that number, well, that number's not even turned on on my phone, but if I did turn it on, I could, I'd see instantly it was one of those numbers that's been published in Europe and I might decide not to answer it or just see where it happens. Yes. So that's your first project for 2024 is get that done because who knows when that's going to start being published. And I think it'll be chaos. But we've said that before about things and it's not been that big a disaster. But um, I'm, I'm just worried about the phishing thing. I think it's going to lead to... It, they only have to compromise a small number of accounts for it to become a really big issue on the platform. So that's my recommendation. Go in there ASAP, change your business info, put stuff in there that at least you can flag, different email address. I don't know, with my, my Outlook thing, I can make certain messages that appear different colors and things so that I know that's, that's I can flag that as a red email. Um, and I can see that's coming from a, a publicly quoted address, and I'll take a pinch of salt with anything they say on that. Yes, that's smart. I think this is really important. All right. Got that? Any self-respecting <laughs> email fisher will get right on this. So. Yes, yes, this is, this is uh, the fisher's charter, this one. Um, what I was toying with was, was the email address to use because, you know, I have my store name, so my my... I have the my store name as my domain name. So I was thinking about putting the email address was buy directly from, you know, at oh, mystorename.com. And I thought, mm, that might be a slight policy violation. So I think I just put the address as unmonitored at mystorename.com to try yes. and drop the hint. This was and also there's a there's a box in there which I haven't where you can you can add a few lines of text that I think also appears on the same page, and we haven't seen the page yet, so we don't know quite how that renders. But I think I said, you know what, this this phone number address is not typically monitored. I highly recommend that you make contact through the listing or order status page to get prompt service or something like that. So try and direct people off this particular communications channel, because to be honest, it'll get lost in the noise, I think. Yeah. All right. So shall I share my top tip yes, for the this is our, episode? Yes, brilliant, the... brilliant new feature. <laughs> share <laughs> yes. your top tips. <laughs> well, oh, being that it's the beginning of the year, uh, my top tip is to, while you're working on your taxes, instead of just going through the motions of getting all the accounting yep. done, take a look at it. Look at your profit and loss report. See where you're making money. Yeah. And uh, did you make as much as last year? Did you make mm -hmm. more? Did you mm -hmm. make less? Mm -hmm. And use that information 
to change your direction. Oh, dear. Uh, I feel okay. a, dog, a doggy encroachment's going on. Yeah, I do have to say that I'm watching two puppies Oh, okay. for my friends. And so I have four dogs right now. So uh, let's just leave it at that. They're all very cute and very involved. And I have just sacrificed my socks, hoping that will uh. satisfy them for now. So um, uh, the year before last, I was shocked because I thought, oh, my gosh, I made this much less money than mm-hmm. the previous mm-hmm. year. I had been busier and I yeah. had had more employees. And oh, it was because I was getting more items, but they were all lower mm. value items. And they actively prevented me from getting other items listed, but also even from pursuing more of the profitable items. Mm-hmm. So um, my tip is to take this opportunity with the beginning of the year to try it out for a quarter. Yeah. Maybe um, listing less of the things that are just taking all of your time. Mm-hmm. And Philip and I were talking earlier and I know, Philip, you were just saying that <laughs> you feel like you've done a good day's work when you're super busy and yes. you're working the whole yeah, day. Yeah. But you could actually sometimes be a lot more productive by just making the right decisions, listing the right things, and then maybe you'll have the rest of the day off. I mean, the key is to know how much money you make on everything you sell, which sounds like a simple proposition, but eBay makes that very hard. Although, per some discussions back in the summer, it sounds like they understand the problem and they may be doing something about improving the reporting a little bit. To do that, I need to follow up with the uh, the folks concerned, see if that's anything they can talk to us about yet. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, you kind of know, but you need to know, I think, in some detail. Yeah. I mean, I know because I have to map it out on my clients' sheets uh, yes. when I pay them. Yes. But the, it's important to pay attention to that mm-hmm. and then have a meeting with somebody, maybe yourself about, is this smart? Should yeah. I be doing something different? depressing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a piece of equipment, two pieces of equipment that when I sell them are going to make me enough for four months yes. of income. Yeah. yeah. So I just need to pursue getting four more of those so that I have an extra, yeah. you know, quarter of money. It is. Um, that's uh, what I need to do. And that's what I'm kind of working on. They talk about the 80-20 rule, that 80% of your money comes from 20%. I think it's more like 95-5. I think in my case, that at least 90% of my money comes probably from less than 10% of what I do. Yeah. And it's just having the intestinal fortitude to say no to 95% of what you're working on and just just doing a few things that really move the needle. Yeah. And, and just being relatively unoccupied a lot of the time. Or just getting through the death piles because you got to, that's money that's already been spent. Um, and that's if I don't think we're going to do a resolutions type media call, but uh, I, that would be that would be it from me. I think I've said that before. Of course, I haven't done it, but this year definitely going to do it. Yes. All right. Let's let's press on with more another top tip. Uh, if you by the way, if you have a top tip and you want to share that, uh, you can come on and do it, or you can leave us a voicemail. That would work as well. Or email <laughs> email it works as well. Uh, eBay, uh, what, what was the number? 1833 eBay723. Or you can check out the website. That's sell, sell, sell.online. 
Okay, Shay, you got a top tip for you here. And it's an app that I use. Um, now, I, I do good old-fashioned photographs with a camera. I edit them on a computer, and then I upload them to, to eBay. Actually, I use Wonderlista, but it's the same as sending the pictures up to eBay. And so I'm editing lots of photographs, and the app is called Batch Crop. I think it's like 50 bucks if you buy it. There's a free thing, and it does a certain amount for free before it tells you you have to restart the program. So you can test it out. It's very simple. All it does is look at a picture, identify the white area around the edge, and it trims that off. But the good thing about this program versus all the others I investigated is that you can specify the amount of white margin on the left and right and top and bottom. There were lots of programs that would just chop it all off, but that looks kind of very crowded in the, in the frame it puts on an eBay if the item is literally touching you know the edges on all you know, left and right. I like a little bit of a little bit of white. So the batch crop allows you to say how many pixels of white you want around the edge, whether it be top or side or top or bottom, or you can say I want five percent, and it will do that. It does it consistently. So when your images appear in that sort of carousel viewer thing on the site, they look very consistent. Uh, it can also be programmed to straighten images that are slightly out of horizontal or vertical. Uh, I haven't toyed with that too much because I tend to do a mixture of some photos that are deliberately at an angle and some that aren't. And it kind of goes a bit crazy on the ones that are deliberately at an angle. So I haven't quite used that feature very often. But just as a simple you know, way of, of trimming white off. So when I do the edit, all I have to do is just get the background white and then I feed it all into this program, hit one key and it whips through the directory, makes chops everything down to a consistent white crop. And if you use it with say a background removal tool, which would be another tip for the future, um, you can run the two back to back and it's really quick and you can get almost perfect results with no manual intervention apart from, you know, moving files around on the computer. So Batch nice. Crop is the name of the program, and I like it because it's very customizable to um, how it searches for the white area and how much it leaves, whereas most of them just crop it all off. So there you go. That's my top tip. That was great. There you go. Very good. Okie dokie. That's almost it for this week. Uh, coming up in the next few days, we have, as I mentioned, if you're in Orlando, we'd love to see you on the 16th. That's Tuesday. Our meeting at uh, 5.30 in the uh, afternoon at Firebirds Bar and Grill. That's in uh, Winter Park. Come along. Uh, we'll have some fun, a few drinks, and maybe exchange some different ideas and uh, see what everyone's doing for the new year also and uh the new coupon code is out so make sure you spend it on some nice co-branded shipping supplies uh -huh, very good and also it's the new year so it's that time if you haven't done so already to uh just download your inventory your current listings because you might need them and also uh, i don't know about you my bank will keep uh records for like six or nine months doesn't go back much farther than that so it's a good idea to pull any banking history right now that goes back as far as they can because, again, you might need that when you come to do your taxes. Maybe March, April time, you'll have that information before it expires. And that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you for your company. Philip Jackson saying, look forward to seeing you next time. And thanks so much for joining us. And uh, also... And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time. Loves to get the last word. There you go.